Hi, everyone. I'm Ashley Bassett. And I'm Catherine Logan. And welcome to another episode of the Injury Report. So today we're focusing on acromioclavicular or AC separations in the NFL, also known as AC sprains. So Derek Carr, uh, quarterback for the New Orleans Saints, sustained an AC sprain in the loss to the Green Bay Packers. It's a really common injury. We oftentimes see it in quarterbacks. We'll talk a bit more about that. So as always, our plan today is to start with an overview of the relevant anatomy, discuss the mechanism of injury, various treatment options, and then importantly, when do players typically return to sport? And when they return to sport, how do they do? Are you one of the many surgeons who thinks that getting osteochondral allografts is a complex and time-consuming process? Well, you're not alone. But we're excited to tell you that there is a simpler way. At JRF Ortho, they get it. They've heard your concerns and made it their goal to simplify the process. They're not just any company. They are leaders in fresh osteochondral allografts, holding over 60% of the global market share. JRF Ortho is committed to accommodating your needs. Delivering allografts usually around 30 days, and it's all on your terms. You choose your scheduling option, whether it's specifying a surgical date, providing a date range, or just requesting the earliest available allograft. Your preferences are their top priority. And there's more. They offer pre-sutured tendons and meniscus, and ordering is as easy as a few clicks on their user-friendly online ordering system. So why make it complicated when you can make it JRF Ortho easy? Simplify your allograft procurement today. Your journey to seamless osteochondral allograft starts with JRF Ortho. To learn more, visit jrfortho.org. Okay, so I'm going to just talk about anatomy um, to kick it off. So before we can talk about like actually what is an AC separation or sprain, we under, need to understand like what's involved. Um, so the AC joint is formed when your collarbone or your clavicle meets the end of your shoulder blade, and that's called the acromion. So it's that bump we have on the edge of our shoulder. Um, it's a gliding joint. So in contrast to other joints like the elbow or the knee that we think of as like a hinge bending and extending, the motion through the AC joint is actually pretty minimal. So its primary function is to really secure the upper extremity to the trunk. And though there are both static and dynamic stabilizers, meaning static or fixed structures like ligaments, dynamic stabilizers, or like muscles, um, the AC joint and distal clavicle rely predominantly on those ligaments for stability. So again, ligaments are bands of soft tissue that attach bone to bone and provide stability to a joint. So an injury to a ligament is called a sprain. So hence, we're talking about today, AC sprains. So the AC joint is stabilized by the coracoclavicular ligaments, also called the CC ligaments, which include the conoid and the trapezoid ligaments, as well as the AC joint cap which is reinforced by the AC ligaments. So injury to some or all of these ligaments results in varying degrees of separation in different grades or types of injury, which impacts treatment rendered and then overall prognosis. I feel like when we're talking about things, you always get all the alphabet soup and I'm happy about that. So. I try. <laughs> I try to set it up like that. Um, okay, so before we get into the types, let's talk about how does it happen. So what's the mechanism of injury? So AC separations, they typically result from either a direct blow um, to the lateral or the outer aspect of your shoulder. Um, and usually when your shoulder is like in an adducted position, so it's like close to your body. Um, we typically see this in the NFL um, if they're being tackled and coming down directly onto the outside of their shoulder um, with the other player landing on top of them. So when this happens, the acromion or that shoulder blade shifts down and in towards the chest while the collarbone maintains its fixed position due to being stabilized at the sternum, which is also called the breastbone. So depending on the magnitude and the direction of the force, this results in disruption of some or all of those ligaments I just mentioned that results in varying levels of degrees of AC separation, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Perfect. So moving on to epidemiology. So because this mechanism um, we just described it, 
it makes sense that AC joint injuries are common in the young adult athletic population. So, you know, epidemiology is like, you know, who does this happen to? How commonly? All that kind of stuff. So it mostly occurs in people less than 35 years of age. So rates of AC joint injuries are higher in men and contact athletes, and specifically those who participate in things like hockey, rugby, wrestling, football. I know in my clinic, it's a lot of hockey that comes in with mm-hmm. this injury. Um, it's also 30% of the shoulder injuries in the NFL, which is pretty interesting. That's pretty high. Um, AC joint injuries make up actually 41% of all shoulder injuries in D1 collegiate football players, and it's the third most common injury suffered by collegiate hockey players. So, But the vast majority of these injuries, over 90%, are low-grade. So we're going to go into – or Ash is going to go into classification next. But the 90% are about low-grade, grade 1, or grade 2. Yeah, so Catherine just mentioned those low-grade injuries and mentioned type 1 and type 2. So let's talk a bit, a little bit more about the different types of injuries. So the Rockwood classification system separates AC joint injuries into six different types based on not only the amount of collarbone displacement, but also the direction of that displacement. So a type 1 injury is an isolated sprain of the AC ligaments with no clinical deformity and x-rays appear normal. So these are players that come into my clinic. They had a Friday night football game. They were tackled. They have point tenderness right over their AC joint, and they have a positive what's called cross-body test when you bring the arm across the body, but their x-rays and their clinical appearance when you look at the shoulder appears normal. So that's a sprain without deformity. A type 2 injury consists of a complete tear of the AC ligaments and a partial tear or a stretch injury to the CC ligaments with slight elevation of the collarbone seen on x-rays, typically about 25% compared to the other side. So type 2 and type 1 separations are what we call low-grade injuries. As Catherine previously mentioned, these make up the vast majority of AC separations. A study of D1 football players by Dragu out of Stanford, which you just informed me, he's now in Colorado with you. He's your neighbor. (laughs) Yes. Um, These low-grade injuries comprise 96.5% of all AC separations. So it is the vast majority of these injuries. Okay. So I'm going to move on to the Rockwood classification and the more uncommon, but also more um, significant. And it's going to seem like I'm hopping around because I'm going to go three, five, four, six, but it makes sense. It's just (laughs) an easier way to think through it. So Type 3 separation consists of complete tears of the AC and CC ligaments with more significant displacement of the collarbone or clavicle. So the displacement is 25% to 75% compared to the other shoulder. Um, so type 5 injury is similar to type 3, but involves greater displacement of the clavicle over 100% compared to that other side. And lastly, type 4 and type 6 separations are super rare, um, and they differ in terms of direction of where they displace. So type 4 consists of the clavicle dislocating actually backwards through the trapezius, never seen this, um, mm-hmm. while type 6 involves the collarbone actually displacing down into the chest, which sounds super awful. Again, despite all our experience um, yeah. doing trauma during residency, 4 and 6 I never did see. I completely agree. So if you're listening to this uh, standard podcast channel, so you're not watching this on YouTube, um, head over to our YouTube channel the way you can see this. Because as Catherine just explained, we jumped out of order because type three and five are kind of in the same family while four and six are kind of in a, in a world of their own. And in terms of the amount and direction of displacement, it really helps to see it visually. So we'll have some nice graphics that show um, the different types, um, not only on x-ray, but also on schematics as well. So now that we have all of our terminology and injury classification down pat, let's move on to treatment. So 
What's beneficial of that pretty complicated classification system we just described is that it's helpful because it guides treatment. So type four, five, and six injuries, pretty severe, they're all going to need surgery. Type one and two injuries tend to not need surgery. Um, so we're going to focus on the latter today since the vast majority of AC separations in the NFL are those low-grade injuries. We'll have another two-part episode coming out um, in the near future, probably around December, that dives into the surgical treatment of those higher-grade injuries. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, we'll have to think about who we want to invite. And if anybody has any ideas who they'd like um, as our guest for our special two-part AC episode, um, otherwise it's something we're brainstorming right now. Yeah. Um, okay, so low-grade injuries are often treated conservatively with activity modification, so obviously not doing the things that hurt, NSAIDs, and ICE. Um, I also uh, add in a little kinesio taping. And depending on the pain, there's typically a short period of mobilization with a sling very, very sort of tiny period of time. It's just to let them, um, the structures just cool off a little bit. After this rehab program is typically implemented, the emphasis is on really controlling the scapular muscles to minimize the development of scapular dyskinesia. So meaning like the way our shoulder blade glides along our rib cage, up and down, we want that to be symmetric um, to the other side and that we normalize strength range of motion throughout the shoulder girdle. So for pain control, sometimes injections are done um, like cortisone, not always. I would say it really, you know, it's going to depend on the situation and it's case by case um, basis. Absolutely. So let's talk about time missed. So in general, athletic activities are typically held out for about two weeks in type one injuries and three to six weeks in type two. But this is really based on symptoms, um, the sport that you play, the position and hand dominance. So what about in the NFL specifically? So a 2012 study on AC joint injuries in the NFL reported that athletes lost roughly 10 days uh, per injury with quarterbacks losing the most time to injury an average of 17 days. So not too bad compared yeah. to other injuries that are that are happening in the NFL. Um, other interesting takeaways to take away from this paper. Um, the majority of these injuries occurred during game activity and on natural grass surfaces, which I find interesting because I feel like nowadays we want to blame turf for everything. So everything. it's more commonly everything on natural grass surfaces and most often during passing plays, which makes sense since offensive players tend to be involved. Um, the incidence of these injuries was greatest in quarterbacks, as we mentioned, and the majority were treated non-operatively. Only 1.7% went on to need surgery, and those who required surgery surgery were, as expected, out for a lot longer, an average of 56 days. Okay. So moving on to performance. So once these players are able to return, how do they do? So at present time, there's really no data on performance metrics after an AC sprain in NFL athletes. So it's remarkable given how common this injury is and how it affects quarterbacks, um, overhead throwing athletes um, the most. But we can tell you the vast majority of shoulder injuries that have been studied in terms of performance metrics. So we've already talked about this in other episodes, like shoulder instability, slap tears, rotator cuff, pec. Um, they really show no impact on performance. So I think we kind of presume the same. It's probably, you know, we've talked about this before as well. Like if it's not a really juicy data point, it doesn't get studied. So I think given that they generally do well, you know, there's not a lot of data, so they probably generally do well. Absolutely. And I think if it was going to affect someone, it would affect the overhead throwing athletes, which is the quarterbacks. And that's yeah. just such a small subset of the NFL. So I think, as you said, it's they're not inclined to study it because it's not such a big number for them. But hopefully, as you pointed out, all the good news about slap tears and rotator cuff injuries and shoulder instability and all of that not affecting performance, it makes sense that AC probably wouldn't. So hopefully it bodes well for, for your players out there that get injured. 
Awesome. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of The Injury Report. We hope you enjoyed our conversation today. Make sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and if you don't already, follow us on YouTube, though. You can see all of our graphics and images and x-rays that we put up. Trust me, it will make a lot more sense than just listening to us. So if you like what you hear, please consider leaving us a review or a comment. You can also reach us by email at thesportsdocspod at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at thesportsdocspod and Twitter. Twitter at the sports doc pod. We love your feedback. Have a great night, everyone. Bye. Seeking a clinically proven solution for your patients with massive and irreparable rotator cuff tears that has the potential for early functional recovery and pain relief. Check out InSpace. InSpace is the industry's only minimally invasive biodegradable subacromial balloon spacer for the arthroscopic treatment of massive irreparable rotator cuff tears. InSpace is designed to restore the subacromial space without requiring sutures or fixation devices. Learn more at striker.com slash InSpace.